Hey guys, Dina, I'm back with another episode of Women of Illustration, where we get to talk to amazing female artists from around the world to help you guys figure out how to make money from this whole art thing. Let's get into it. Today we are back with Tatiana Gill, amazing comic book artist for the past 20 years, no big deal or anything, um, talking about how to self-publish your own comic book. How to self-publish your own comics, comic time, self-publish your comic. I've published my own zines, but I think it's very different when you're going ahead and you're creating a story out of images and you're putting all of those beautiful images together in one book. And Tatiana, believe it or not, has done over a 500 page book. So we're gonna be able to go ahead and pick her brain and mine on the best ways to go ahead and get your own content out there without having to rely on a publisher to do it for you. We're talking the entire process. The entire process. Everything from initial concepts, whether or not the idea will even make sense, will anybody buy it, all the way to actually getting it printed and fulfilling it out yourself and shipping out those amazing comics to the world. Let's get into it, fade to pink. And we're back with Tatiana Gill talking about a pretty exciting subject, which is how to publish your own comic book. This is actually a question I get a lot, especially when I was teaching over at PNCA for a few semesters. They were like, do I self-publish? Do I have to, you know, do I need to go through a publisher in order to sell my own artwork? Because that's obviously a hard get to do. Um, so have you ever published your own comics before? Yes. Yes, I published... Lots and lots of my own comics. Dozens of my own comics. <laughs> Dozens. I love that. Yes. That's crazy. Um, how long are typically these comic books? Like, are, like, what's the size ratio? Like, how many pages are there? Like, give me the download. Um, they're anywhere between, I would say, like 25 pages. And then my longest one is 500 pages. <laughs> because I did a daily diary comic every day for 500 days. And then I put it into a book and I didn't think anyone would want to read it, but I've actually gotten some takers. So that's so fucking cool. I you love to, that. I'm like, I have it here. Show it to me. People have joked that it's my phone book. Oh my God. It's yeah. Oh. So <laughs> it's yeah. nuts. So wow. that's no one, no one expects anyone else to do a comic book of that life. <laughs> right. Um, That's such a cool thing to be a part of. Okay, I need to ask you questions about the, the big comic because that shit's crazy. So that's what I'm talking about. That's like the, you're obsessed with my artwork, buy this crazy huge book. Because it's like, it's like a coffee table, it's like a coffee table book, right? It's like the kind of book that you show to people when you they come over. I definitely have a lot of those kinds of books, um, <laughs> especially to my friends that aren't even like artists or creative. They just think it's really fucking cool, which is the majority of the population. Just saying. Um, okay, so what started that idea of doing the the diary comic? Um, that was that was a combo. I there a couple of people have done that before me, um, but, and I always really admired it. There's um, Gabrielle Bell, who I mentioned back in episode one, has done it sometimes. Um, there's been some people that did a much longer, like an artist James Kachalka did one every day for like. 10 years or something and then there's this artist ben snake pit who has done one every day for about 20 years i mean and he just does a little it's like a three panel tiny strip but um that was the one that actually inspired me because in 
in every panel, it seems like he does nothing. Like, especially when he was younger, it was just like, you know, went to the day job, smoked pot, watched television. And it's like that every day for the year, you know. But um, but then just slowly over time, you see these shifts happen and you see kind of life, you know, happening and like that, you know, and you can kind of skim the ones that are the same over and over again. But mm. it turns out to like tell this really incredible story of like somebody's life path, you know. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. And another thing that inspired me was... Um, was that I had just done these comics about the worst things I'd ever done when I was, you know, I, you know, so, so I'm a recovering alcoholic. So I quit drinking the worst things I ever did while I was in a blackout drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, and those just set the internet on fire. Like people were so into that because mm-hmm. it was like truly like that tell all, um, you know, horror slash, uh, you know, sort of peering into somebody's life and the stuff that nobody ever talks about. So then I was like, this is so cool. Like I'm so popular, but I still sort of feel like I'm popular for the stuff I did while I was drinking, which was already a hangup that I had. Like, you know, like, oh, my friends only like me because I'm a fun drunk sort of feeling. And so I wanted to prove to myself that like I had something to say, even though all I was doing was going to work, coming home you know, watching TV, basically. So I started just doing it, you know, doing this daily comic and then um, and then just started having a ton of fun, like uh, sort of depicting my emotions or my mood swings and things like that. So it wanted being really fun. Did you know in the beginning of that project that you were going to put in a book or did that come, you're, you're just like, oh, I might as well just put this in a book, I guess, because there's so many pages. The latter, yeah. yeah. I was just... Um, yeah, I was just sort of putting them on my website and um, and yeah, they were not not having that many viewers. And then I just felt like it was it was almost like an ego thing. Like I just want to see it in a book. Totally. So I yeah. put it in a book and then actually it's been it hasn't you know, it's sold pretty well and considering it's like way more expensive than my other books because it costs more to print. Yeah. Um yeah, it's it's sold pretty reasonably and every time I'm like are you sure you want to read about 500 pages of my life? Like there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of TV watching or whatever, you know, some one reviewer commented, like she talks about every meal she eats, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I put it all in there. It's like, that's like such a level above like taking pictures of your food and putting it on Instagram. It's like, I'm going to make a comic about what I had for lunch. (laughs) Yes. And then publish it in a book and try to sell it to you. Like, that's fucking great. Actually, like, to be honest, that's actually a really good idea for a recipe book. Like you comic how to make a recipe or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually part of an anthology last year where local cartoonists (laughs) each recipe. See, okay. See, I, I knew I wasn't alone. (laughs) that's so sweet (laughs) so let's go backwards so what was like the first thing you've ever published how long ago was that how did that project start um the very first thing i the very first comic book that i self-published was um was and this is how you know how it was done uh back in you know, 1997, when I started doing it was, um, was just going to Kinko's was, you know, you'd, you'd shrink your pages on a photocopier, 
tape them or glue stick them to a master piece of paper, mm-hmm. photocopy that, fold them in half and make these little books. And, um, and yeah, take those books around to record stores and, um, yeah, that was pretty much it. Take them around to record stores, maybe bookstores and, um, try to sell them there. Were you like binding it yourself with staples or yeah. were you having it? Oh, okay. So like yeah. super, wow. Yeah. What well, pinkos was- with staple it, but it was pretty expensive. So yeah, you get a long reach stapler. I have one here. Hold on. <laughs> Girls prepared to go old school at any moment. I love that. <laughs> long reach stapler. I've never seen a long reach so stapler the before. The scene goes down in there and you Whoa. can staple. Yeah. That looks like a like a gangster contraption but yeah <laughs> I, love yeah, it. I don't think you could take it in your carry-on luggage no they'll be like we don't know what you're gonna do with this but it's probably not good so you're not allowed to bring it that makes sense yes. <laughs> oh that's so funny yeah i remember like making my first business cards and just like printing it out myself and cutting the paper myself and that seemed tedious i can't even imagine like the old school graph design days where like <laughs> Oh, I know. With like, like hot glue machine. Yes. And... Like, and it's like, oh, people like, oh, you need to make one little change. You got to do it again or something. It's just like, what? Um, so that shows fucking initiative. That's nuts. Yeah. yeah. So how many of those did you make? Like, like, was it like 10, 20? Did you try to make a lot? Because you're doing it yourself and binding them? Yeah, I guess, um, you know, I'd probably try to make 100. And it was... I mean, I didn't like it. I, you know, it was like, oh, this is a big drag. I've, I've seen, you know, like I follow some, you know, you can call people who make zines, zinesters on, you know, I'll follow them on social media. People are still making them and they're like, I love it. I love the, you know, the process. And I was, and I'm like, I do not love it. I, I'm like, this is boring. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, at the time it was, it was the only, game in town pretty much if you wanted to get your work out there and you didn't have a publisher yeah um what were people's reactions so you 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 mentioned going like door to door to different comic book stores did any did you have any takers that first round oh yeah yeah most places would take you um it was consignment so you had to go back to get your money they wouldn't buy it but they put a little you know local artist shelf a lot of them had zine racks like um yeah, indie comic book stores and indie record stores, which there were a lot more of then. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I still do that with my self-published comics is um, take them around to c- comic stores. They're usually really supportive of local artists, especially yeah. like maybe not in a small town, but in Seattle, you know, they have like a local artist section. For sure. Same thing with Portland. We're neighbors. So yeah, and plus, yeah. like that indie stuff is so hardcore popular and I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon because we, we so value the handmade and more importantly, the independently made nowadays yeah. because we're all like anti-man and Starbucks and no offense to Seattle <laughs> Starbucks. But I'm all about the neighborhood coffee houses because I want to support the people. Yes. Yeah. People want to support local businesses and local artists. Yeah. So what do you think your process is for like creating a comic book? Like how do you get your ideas? What's the brainstorming like? So most of my comics are compilations of work. So there'll be, you know, five, 10 page stories in a book or, Mm -hmm. you know, 500 one-page stories as the case of the diary comics 
I have done some longer form comic books with a writer. Mm. Um, a lot of cartoonists write their own long comics and I just haven't like, that's just, um, hasn't been the way that's not my story so far. They say on drag race. So I have an idea. Um, <laughs> oh no this, this sounds like a homework challenge <laughs> no no it's actually not a homework challenge it's a collaboration so Ooh. how would you feel how would you feel if we wrote together like a 10 page something small 10 page comic where you do the illustrations but instead of it being like basic bitch lettering i put the lettering in there Oh, and that like, would be really yeah, like something like that, and like maybe we could do one of those like really funky formats where it's like the super long ones. I the only reason I'm obsessed with that because I'm always because when you go to like this, the vintage zine shops and the comic book stores and stuff, I always go for the weird aspect ratios. Okay, and like because because there's so many now, it's so popular being an independent artist now, especially <laughs> in Seattle and Portland. So when you see something that's a little bit weirder, it, it grabs people's attention, right? Just trying to go against the mold. So I would mm -hmm. be super down. I don't know what it would be about, but I like to write. I like to write letters. You like to draw people and all the things. Let's do it together. Yeah. You down? Yes, I am. Time permitting? And then we can have that long skinny comic that fits in people's living rooms. <laughs> I'm so excited. And what we could do, we could make it be like, it'd be like our first product that we sell at like the Women of Illustration website or something. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yes, it's happening. Yes. yes, when I get done with this productivity challenge that I'm in the middle of, we're gonna talk, we're, I'm gonna circle okay. back. So by the time we get to our live Q&A after this episode airs, mm -hmm. we're gonna have, that's when we're gonna talk about our comic that we're gonna make. Cool. So people, if you want to hear this conversation that me and Tatiana and Gail are going to have about our cool comic book that I just decided we're going to do, you have to just give us a dollar. Just give Women of Illustration just one dollar. Just one dollar. This is a lot of work. It's a great show. You support us. You also get early access to all the things. And you get exclusive access to our personalized Q&A live stream. So just a nice little shout out. Oh, we're going to do it. We're going to make comic books together. Okay. So aside from that cool idea. Uh-huh. <laughs> What is better, like a zine, a full, like one story comic book? And I'm, I'm talking in, in terms of like popularity and sales. Uh -huh. Or does like, does that even matter? Does the format matter? Because like when I think of comic book, I think of like Marvel comic book, like one story, like 12, 15 pages. Is that the ones that are the most popular or does it matter anymore? I don't even know. I think it absolutely depends on your venue. Um, you know, uh, that, that sort of comic you talked about, I think probably is the most universally accessible because, well, even as I'm saying that, I'm like, it's the most universally accessible to people who are used to buying comics. Mm -hmm. but, um, but, you know, when you're breaking the mold, there's a lot of people out there who aren't used to buying comics. Um, I recently sold, you know, one of my feminist comics to a woman because she was just, uh, she, was, she was at this comic store looking for uh, you know, a pink pussy hat to wear to the women's march. Mm. And I was like, oh, perhaps you'd be interested in this feminist comic book. And I don't think that she had much experience with comics, but, you know, she was all pushing it. <clears throat> she was riled, riled up for feminist topics and like talking about it, thinking about it. And so then I was like, oh, here you go. And, you know, she, she bought it. So, and that's a collection of short stories, but all around one theme. Mm. And that's what I tend to do. Um, and my best-selling comic is that same thing, 
collection of shorter comics around one theme. From a marketing perspective, do you, and this is from my own experience, like I went ahead, I have this book published, it's over here, like two years ago, through Penguin Random House, it's the big awesome book of hand and chalk lettering. Um, It's full of like all these different lettering styles and projects and like, this is like not even my style anymore, but it just comes with all this cool stuff. And I, and it has like picture by picture instructions on how to create the project, it's really cool. But I got totally fucked on how much money I made off of it. It was a down payment. I don't get royalties of any kind. It was more of like a Penguin Random House. (laughs) I just said yes to whatever. And it was the most amount of money I'd ever made from a project, Mm -hmm. which I think blinded me. So it was that that motivated me to create the Lettering Adventures zine series where these were actually were printed and they're these little tiny, like 20 page books, each with a different style and a tutorial. And I thought this was not only a better idea because A, I get all the fucking money, <laughs> but also instead of me being able to only charge 30 bucks for a bunch of different comics, now I can sell them individually for 14. Okay. So it's like, do you, I'm just gonna, I'm just getting just like showing, I'm just doing the, the, the thing. Like I made, I made a thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so have you ever thought about making like a collect them all type of thing or have you made that before? No, and that's a really cool idea. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Maybe that's what we'll do. Instead of making one big story, we'll make like a, a like a three part or something. I'm trying to think like three or five part series or something that's like 12 pages. Because it's like, it's cool. To, like, I think of it like that's how comics are, right? Like there's a story, it's 20, 30 pages, and then it ends in a cliffhanger. It's like a TV show. And then you want to see what's going to happen next. So I've always wanted to make that kind of content, but because I've been so obsessed with just creating content around educational for illustration, I never really got the opportunity to do that in a format that's just purely fiction or just storytelling. So I think that might be really cool. Um, for comp- for people out there who want to make their own comics, would you do you think that's a good way to go? Or do you think they should just do whatever's the easiest to get just to get themselves out there? Um. I would say to start out, do what, yeah, do what calls to you and mm-hmm. what's easiest to, to get the ball rolling and to have something. Like, yeah. I think it's, it's great to have something because you can hand that to people or show it to people, you know. Um, but, it, you know, I, I think with comics, it kind of depends on the story you want to tell. Like, I like to tell short little stories. And that's sort of how I, how I storytell in life. Like, I have little vignettes or, like, slice of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's people out there that are really they want to tell a really big story. Um, and I'm actually, I've been discussing that with the, you know, cause I'm working on a much longer hundreds of pages graphic novel. And we're like, should we release it in installments or should we do one big graphic novel or should we release it in installments and then at the end release it in one big graphic novel and mm-hmm. that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, because you can charge more money for it because it's perceived value. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's like if I if I release if I release all of my zines, which now we're on issue sixteen, which is nuts. Um, wow. Yeah, we're gonna do a total of twenty four, then I'll stop. At the end of this year, I'll stop. I'm uh, just making one new one every single month. But so like if I went ahead and I went, okay, you can have all these different zines, fourteen dollars each, or you can have all of them for fifty dollars. Of course, everyone's gonna buy the fifty dollar one. But if I go, hey, here's twenty four zines. They're each $14 
and, I, and when I'm done, I'm going to release a big, big book. Then I can sell that book for like 300 bucks because it's oh. still going to be a deal than buying, having to buy every single one of the zines. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, like art's a form of expression, but it's also a huge moneymaker. And it's like, you can really like, <laughs> just like, depending on where your art's being seen depends on the value, how it's being presented or like just the psychology behind how you're releasing it or how big of a deal you make it seem. Like for, I, I would think with comics, what I've like seen, like just a few people that I follow, like on Patreon and stuff, what they do is they'll release like these little mini, like four or five panel, like really long Pinterest-like uh, images. And then it'll be free for a while. And then they just release like an official comic every quarter or something like that. That maybe is a combination of all those things. And then they're able to sell it for a higher price considering how much that patronage was, was, was like $5 a month, five times, I don't know, 12. And then you just make it a little bit less expensive. And then that's how you're able to charge just a little bit more for it. So oh, I think, wow. So there's like, I don't know, just trying to think of like how you can yeah. get the most bang for your buck, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but no, I think it totally makes sense with whatever form of storytelling comes natural to you. That's what you should go for, especially if you've never done something like this before. But I think... I don't know if you want to think about the marketing behind it too. It might just make it a bit more successful, but I always just think like the first thing you ever get published, that's like your baby. And it's just the act of making it as your accomplishment. You don't really give a shit about the sales. I think that's how everyone's first published anything should be, to be honest. Um, okay. So speaking of marketing, <laughs> what is like your process like look like when you're promoting a published comic? Um, you know, I wouldn't, I'll just straight out say this isn't probably my strength. Yeah. <laughs> but I, um, you know, when I know a comic is coming or, you know, what I'm, what I'm saying, laying out the comic in, in design, um, I will start once I, once I have like a PDF ready, I will send it out to some reviewers, That's try smart. to get some quotes from the back um, and just gen hopefully generate some buzz about it. Um, yeah. And then once that's done, I will, uh, I mean, once it's published, then I, a big, a big stepping stone for me and I'm friends with some local, local comic owners, local comic store owners or managers, you know, whatever people who can make decisions in my local area is have a release party, a book release party. Mm. But then you have like, maybe you have some of the originals framed and on the wall and you're selling the books and doing a signing. And then I try to um, do signings around town, any comic store that will have me be like, hey, you know, just selling the books, selling my other books, signing them, drawing little drawing in them. Um, and that's a good way. Just people that are in the store anyway will be like, oh, what's this? Oh, I've never heard of you, but I'll check it out. Mm -hmm. um, both you and the store benefit because then your friends come to support you. And they're like, oh, I've never been in the store before. Maybe I'll buy another comic while I'm here. Mm. Um, so that's a good collaboration. And then blasting social media, like, hey, buy my book. Or, you know, I don't usually say it that way. I'm like, you know, just, I'm really excited about this new book I have. Here's a link to buy. Mm -hmm. um, totally. There's a little bit about it. Uh, maybe post, you know, a comic from it or images from it, that sort of thing. Cool. Yeah. I think that's great. And I think, like, um, the book touring is something I, I probably didn't think too much about when I when I did my first book um I that was my expectation 
because like that's just what you see in movies and stuff um and i'm like oh are we gonna do a book tour they're like no i'm like why I'm like, is it not going to be in a big store? And if you go to, if you go to like Target or Barnes and Noble or Powell's bookstore, like you'll find my book. So I was just confused. I was like, you don't want me to promote it? And then, and then I realized like, oh, they don't give a shit who made it. They just wanted it made. So they had something about lettering in their portfolio. And I was just like, oh, that's shitty. And that's not what makes people buy things, guys. <laughs> like, yeah, with the times. Um, So I actually think. Self-publishing is something that a lot of artists should try, uh, no matter what, if it's comic books or otherwise, just because it's really cool to see your stuff in print and it's actually pretty affordable nowadays, um, mm -hmm. and especially with the almighty internet. Um, so well, I think the process for promoting anything is the second you have the idea for it, talk about it. Every day that you work on it, talk about it. Show me process. I want to see fucking thumbnails. I want to see sketches. I want to see every, not like, don't give me the entire download, but I want to hear about this project for months, however long it takes. So by the time it does release, you've build up all of this excitement to finally be like, ah, you can buy it now, or here's the early release or the pre-sale or something. And I feel like people miss out on that opportunity where they just don't talk about it consistently enough, or they don't talk about it at all. And they're like, oh, buy my book. They're like, why would I buy your book? What is it about? I've never heard about this. You know what I mean? And especially mm -hmm. with things like all these fucking algorithms and all these stuff. We don't always see everything that we post from the people we follow. So that's yeah. why it's so important to be consistent in that promotional message. Because there are still people who are making cool stuff out there that I'm like, fuck, I missed the sale. Like, I didn't even see it because my feed is no longer fucking chronological. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I yeah. think it's totally cool to repeat yourself. As, if you're, as long as the actual content of that message, being the the photo and the and the description you put, change, but the meaning or the theme is the same, you can fucking talk about it forever. People aren't going to get sick of it. It's only yeah. a little weird when you're like, hey, for a limited time only, you get buy two, you get one free, but wait, there's more. And like, you get all like used carsman salesy grossness. That's the only thing that really puts people off. Or it's like um, that one promoted fucking ad that people just dumped a bunch of money into and you just keep seeing it yeah. in your fucking Super feed. Every time you open, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't be that guy. Organic uh, promotion strategy and advertising is definitely the way to go in the world of social media. <laughs> okay, so tell me more about that most successful comment you had. Was it, it was the... Um, uh, was it, I want to remember, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. Uh, it was the the drunken moments. Were there two different things? You did one that was like um, rock bottom uh, anthology, right? Oh, then, yeah. that. And then you did one that was just you and your story about you just being a delirious 20-something, getting drunk all the time, right? Yeah. So <laughs> the rock bottom anthology was actually this year, and I just did a special four-page comic just for it. Yeah. Um, but he knew to ask me because he had read this book of mine, Black Outings. Yeah, which is like, it's and it's pretty small. The cover though, can you show the cover one more time? It's like Black Outings and you're just like, Bleh! in the corner, I love that. That makes me happy. So yeah, so um, yeah, that's my most, that's my best seller. And that's the one I think that generated the most notoriety for me, like locally as an artist and um got the most articles written about it and just really uh yeah did a lot for me professionally yeah uh, and and is probably still remains one of my yeah biggest selling comics 
I think it's because people love a tortured artist story. Yeah. Like I, I went through like a like a like a drug. Not like um, I did drugs except for weed. I do I do weed. <laughs> I sound like my mom when I say that. Did you do the weeds today, Dina? It's like first of all, it's not plural, and it do I did fuck the weed bud, mom. I inhaled it and it was beautiful. Um, <laughs> but I was like on a like an addicted series kick, so I was like watching rewatching Nurse Jackie. I was rewatching like just weeds, even though there's not really addiction too much in that story, except from the mom. Not the main mom, but the other mom. That's really annoying. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's a couple other I can't think of off the top of my head. But I just think there's something that I think is so relatable with addiction. Because whether or not you've experienced it with alcohol or a serious drug, sometimes it's fucking like food, social media. Yeah. You're addicted to being lazy. You're addicted to sex. You're addicted to attention. Like there's so many other things that you can get addicted to that doesn't get talked about. So yeah. I think it's that relatability factor is why those things are so hard hitting and they're dramatic, which makes them interesting. So it's like you get the best of both worlds. Yeah. So you could almost take that combination and just be like, okay, that worked before. What's something else that's dramatic and relatable that would that would be buzzworthy like that comic, right? Why do you think it got picked up so, like so much? Like what was the process of it like being blogged about and talked about and, and helped to the kind of helping you rise to the top in your career well i think there are a number of factors one is um the subject matter is pretty relatable even if it's not you it's someone you know kind yeah. of thing um it what it's a lot of black humor um you know i'm kind of laughing about it because you know i'm like safe on shore now looking back going I wasn't taking it very seriously at the time either. So mm -hmm. the whole thing is a little bit clownish where it's like, oh my gosh, can you believe I did this? Um, but, so, but, it's, but it's tackling this really serious, heavy subject matter, but it's not going about it, I guess, in the preachiest, in a super preachy way. I get it's, that. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a little bit more accessible that way. And interestingly, it's like the worst drawing, technically speaking, that I've done and published you know because I'm just because I was just it was like I was puking it out like I just I had all this stuff inside me I was ashamed of it I had told some people but I but I wasn't really out of the closet about like you know because yeah. people would be like why do you stop drinking you know like I don't get it and I'd be like well it just got a little dark I don't know what to say like am I really going to detail to you everything like I, there's no time <laughs> i'm i'm one of those beer people if you ask me how i'm doing i'm actually gonna tell you uh just because it people i don't know it really puts people off guard so <laughs> I, I would say if anyone ever asked you about like a serious subject like if someone's like oh sexism blah 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 the me too movement and blah blah and then i'll just be like have you ever been i'm like yep i was i've actually been raped a few times in my life i sexually assaulted as soon as last year in public and no one did anything about it and i don't mind talking about these kinds of things because it's fucking important and if it's like <laughs> you're the kind of person who didn't really want that answer or you wanted like a simple answer you're probably not gonna fucking ask that stupid fucking question again all right so don't fucking act like you're all deep and shit just fucking <laughs> I'm going to keep cursing. Like, just be real. Like, my parents are watching this like, what? Um, keep it in there. Um, and then as someone who has a parent that's an alcoholic, like, you know, I, I wish people would talk about that kind of stuff more. Because it's so heartbreaking, but it's still still in the closet in a way, which I find yeah. very weird. Um, yeah. Because 
when you're 21, you can drink. And there's even more so like people that are 18 and alcoholics. Like there's obviously a problem. It's a, it's a fucking <laughs> epidemic of sorts. To a point where, like, it's that whole, like, same thing about how cigarettes got popular. It's like, oh, it's cool and everyone's doing it. And it's just such a big part of our culture. Like, me and my boyfriend both have a hard time trying to figure out what we're going to do that doesn't involve just going out to a restaurant or getting drunk with friends. Like, what else is there to do? <laughs> so it's like, yeah. home, it's like a staple of society, but, like, don't do it too much or you might be an asshole and burn all your fucking shit in your life and your friendships and your <laughs> fucking everything. Um... <laughs> But, you know, drink yeah. responsibly. We don't actually want you to drink responsibly because we like the money. Thanks. Um, it's so fucking annoying. Um, so I, I definitely applaud you for being able to talk about that kind of thing. And I think that's a big proof behind art as a message versus a visual. Right? Like, I've seen tons of people who do stick figures, but their story and their messaging is good that it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I tell my students that and we're like, I can't draw. And I'm like, you don't have to draw as long as you can draw stick figures and you have something to say. Yeah. And I'm like starting to get over my own lack of ability because I mean, I got lettering down. I am good. So good. Thank you. Um, but I, I'm starting to dabble more in an illustration. And I myself am having a hard time showing that to people because my illustration is very cartoony. It's very like Mickey Mouse arms and gloves and like really simple line weights. And it's not, you know, realistic whatsoever. It looks like enamel pins. That, that's actually what I study a lot. Oh, I just love okay. enamel pin design because it's so simple. Yeah. Um, and people keep coming up to me like, oh, this is like, like I'm obsessed with this like I want you to do more of this or like this is such a good story or like oh I really like the perspective of this or something and I'm like trying to like take my own fucking advice and <laughs> like you know break outside my comfort zone and try new things even if I don't think it's up to par with all the other people in my feed and I think that's a big part of the issue because yeah. if I just switch the people I follow then boom that social anxiety has <laughs> just disappeared it's weird I'm in control of how I feel and what I look at so why haven't I fixed that problem yet? I don't know. I'm talking to myself. It's weird. Um, <laughs> but I do think like that's so cool that you were able to take your own perspective, something that was traumatic, essentially for you and the people around you, and were able to make art out of it. And as we know, historically, that's how we make good art. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, that's what, that's what grabs people about it is they're like, oh, this is like raw and real and the artist is clearly feeling something and now I'm feeling something and like, yeah. It's so important. So for everyone watching this, I know we're like rambling a little bit, but it's important. So I know it's really hard to talk about a lot of these subjects, but whatever you want to make, drama and relatability are a crazy combination of things to put into your own art. But especially if you're doing comics, like don't be afraid to go there, right? If yeah. it's it, like, I, I can't tell you how excited I am that people are just talking about depression more through art and, and for us to feel like, oh, I'm not crazy. Other people actually feel this way and this is why. And it just kind of gets us to chill the fuck out a little bit over because now we have fixed a lot of our problems as a society with technology, but it's also created a lot of problems with the solutions with it. And those things need to be talked about, both new, old problems, all the things. So I don't know. I think it's okay to be a little bit more real in the world, right? Yeah. All yeah, right. no, I think that's my favorite kind of comic to read for sure. Yeah. I can pretty much just read autobiography or sometimes biography, but yeah. I just love real life stories of, yeah. I love it. 
So what do we have to watch out for when we're self-publishing? Like what are a couple of the <laughs> the brick walls that you've reached doing it on your own so many times? Um, I think the main thing to watch out for in terms of like, you know, looking ahead is margins. Like, so, you know, if you sell a book at a bookstore, the retailer is going to take 50%. The, you know, the bookstores takes 50%. Um, so then I price everything so that I'm still making money, even if I'm only getting half the cover price. Yes. But then sometimes you get an offer for like, send your stuff to a distributor who will get a cut. Um, basically, there are some ways I've distributed my comics where I wind up not making any money. Hmm. Um, but at least break even. And if you're not careful, you can get yourself even out of that. Um, and so it's, and it's good to look for distribution avenues where you're keeping the money, like, you know, your own web store and things like that. Mm -hmm, um, for sure. Yeah, I heard that it's, um, I mean, for, for a lot of products, not just like zines and comic books, but for whatever your cost is, and cost, in, especially if you're shipping and fulfilling your own products, cost including the shipping to the customer. I always do that in it because I don't like to pay extra for shipping. Oh, um, yeah. I think it's one of the reasons people abandon carts because the shipping is an unexpected price, even though fucking they're shipping for everything. I don't know. Psychology yeah, of people, no, I don't get sense. it. It's not how it works. Uh, and then also not only the, the price it costs to get things printed, but the cost for it to get shipped to you, I think is a price that we don't always include. That's a good point. Especially yeah, because that can be books, expensive for which is books. Fucking yeah. heavy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you charge, you get 50% margin for wholesale and then another 50% for retail. So that way the wholesalers are making 50% and you're making 50% no matter what. And then obviously 100% profit on your own platform. That's what I hear is like the best way to start. And I think with any product, you should always be making somewhere between 50 and 70% profit margin just down the line. And that's why it's like things like Redbubble, Society6, these like third-party distributors like are, are okay, but you're usually getting less than 20% of your own <laughs> content, which is, but obviously like you don't have to pay for things to get printed or fulfilled or the time or anything. So it's just in like, you gotta weigh the pros and cons. But long story short, I think whatever third-party platforms you use, you should always be able to also offer it at your website. Cause is, have you ever reached a situation where like someone just wants to buy the rights of a comic to the point where like it's exclusive rights for them and you lose the rights to your own work. Has that ever happened to you? Um, I've gotten offers. Actually, I recently had somebody want that and then the price I quoted because I was like, well, that'll cost more. Yeah. And then they never replied. Like, I oh. guess they weren't interested in the price. So that hasn't come up yet. Okay. But. Yeah, definitely something to keep in mind. If, if there's, cause that's happened to me a few times with lettering adventures. I've had like three or four different mostly smaller publisher houses wanting to buy the usage rights <laughs> of it. So I can't sell it to my, but like little they know the whole reason I made it is so that way I can make all the money and not ever work with the publisher again. <laughs> so it's always a resounding no. Yeah. Uh, but just make this sure. It's good to hear your story though. Cause I thought that that was like a better deal. No. To go with the big publishing it, I mean, it can be, it just depends. Like I worked with this one, amazing author and um comedian and i did like the cover of her book and i had a bunch of like uh, inside illustrations it was called how to be successful without hurting men's feelings i saw some of the process videos for that they yeah so cool. it was really <laughs> she's a really cool lady um but yeah so 
and she was telling me kind of behind the scenes that like it was doing a three book deal. She got uh, like an old, like over seventy grand for a deposit for just the third book. So like, there's definitely like money to be made. Yeah, <laughs> getting your shit published, but it's really hard to get that kind of number when you haven't published anything before. You have to have what we call social proof. And social right. proof needs to be more than just followers and likes and subscribers. It needs to be dollar signs for those big head honcho publishers to not rape you. I mean, metaphorically in this case, like they did me. Because <laughs> I felt really taken advantage of just because I was just too star-eyed and excited. And it was the worst experience of my life. Like I'm not proud of the artwork that's in the book. Um, I had to do over 150 illustrations in less than three months. Oh, man. Thankfully, wow. I just got an iPad. Or else there's no fucking way I would have been able to do all that traditionally. It was nuts. And they were like, not wanting to pay me extra money for revisions. And actually, they just reached out like a few months ago saying that it's so popular, which is nice, I guess, um, that they want to make a German version. And they're like, oh, well, we need you to make, you know, a couple German phrases, rewrite the content a few different times, blah, blah, blah. And then I gave them a quote, which actually wasn't much more than what I had originally got from the U.S. version. And they said it was too expensive. So now they're going to have another fucking artist mix no. their artwork with my artwork and my content of my book. Oh, i don't I'm have sorry. fucking control over it. Yeah. So it's like, this is why I don't promote the book yeah. at all. I don't talk about it. Like, all people are like, do you have a book? I'm like... If I don't get commissioned, there's really no incentive for me to have you buy it. So just buy my zines instead. They're way better. They were made with love and not hate. And I get all the money. You get to support me. Yay. Yay. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that's always a good thing to watch out for is like, read those contracts, like read the fine print and yeah, be really careful signing things away because. Yeah. And that bullshit, like, but this is how we, this is how we do business. This is what we offer to all of our artists. I don't fucking care. That doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> like yeah, artists have historically been taken advantage of. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you don't want to be that, like, Motown artist who doesn't see a cent. <laughs> yes. All right, so let's talk about the big question. How are you actually getting these comics made? Is it through a printer? Is it a third-party platform? Because you, you mentioned you're doing, like, um, print-on-demand. So what, what, which one, what service are you using? So I'm using CreateSpace. It's owned by Amazon. It is, you know, I did a bunch of research and it is by far the cheapest. And mm -hmm. like, it's funny because I'll be tabling next to someone at a comic convention and they're selling their comic for a lot more than I'm selling mine because their overhead was huge doing some other method, like a color copier or mm -hmm. something, um, you know, because color copies are really expensive. CreateSpace is actually pretty, I don't know how it stacks up compared to you know, bulk publishing, like sending your comics off and having a thousand printed, it's probably mm. more, I mean, it's definitely more expensive than that, but compared to every other way, including print on demand from competitive, you know, from create space competitors, it seems like it's a lot more. Yeah. And so I don't feel great about it because I'd much rather support my local businesses and their, and and I have seen artists, you know, to plug local businesses, the artists that I know that have gone with their local um, publishers, like we have a lot of printers in Seattle that are really indie, you know, like they do Risograph or Silkscreen or whatever. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, those zines, so like hotcakes, because they're just in, you know, the book themselves is a work of art. Yeah. And you can get things like hot pink ink that, you know, 
does not come in CMYK, <laughs> that sort of thing, where they can, you know, so they can really pop and really be interesting. To me, that was just like too much. Too, <laughs> it was a lot of extra steps. Yeah, and I and there's definitely no shame in that, for sure. I think if you are fortunate enough to be able to afford to work with small businesses, go for it. But yeah. if you can't, that's okay, too. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Um, yeah, yeah, so these books just, I mean, the comic books cost me a couple bucks to make. And then, you know, I can sell them for anywhere between 10 and 20 bucks. So, you know, and then we're looking at shipping and percent and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm not making much, but... I'm getting my work out there and people are like, oh, wow, you have a bunch of books out. You must be like a really serious big deal artist. <laughs> I, you know, so. I, am, I am a big deal artist. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I am. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, so for my zines and some people might be like, wait, she has printed versions of her zines. I don't anymore because they were too expensive. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, I eventually, once the series is over, um, cause I, I ended up changing long story. Uh, I changed the format. Now people, um, just get the step-by-steps and how to draw a new style. They don't get the tutorial anymore because I just decided to make video tutorials because that makes more sense than like seeing pictures on a printed piece of paper. It didn't make a lot of, <laughs> right. When I was getting my zines printed, I was using something called blurb, um, which is nice cause it, it's also print on demand. And uh, then you can also get a bunch of sh fucking things printed if you want to and they discount it depending obviously on how many you buy i think it's mm -hmm. at the like 25 50 and 100. um they work really well with things like kickstarter where um people will go ahead and that way you just have to ship that you just have to send them the excel sheet that you get on kickstarter and they'll go ahead and fulfill it all for you which is really nice Ooh, yeah because that shit sucks <laughs> trying to do it yourself um but uh, yeah, it seems like a really good platform. And also it automatically like connects to like Amazon and you can sell it on a couple different networks, which is really cool. And so I still have a few that are on, I think there's only three or four that are on Amazon that I still get like, you know, commissions kind of trickling into my bank account. <laughs> Aside from actually getting things printed, have you ever, have you had any success doing like a digital sale of a comic? I actually haven't tried that. I haven't, um... Done that. I know a lot of artists are using Gumroad. I've noticed these days mm -hmm. to sell a like pay what you want PDF kind of situation. Um, but yeah, I haven't tried digital. So yeah, I mean, I think only one for the to do list. Yeah, what you could do is you could do like a gated because I think comic books are best when you scroll them when they're digital versus like changing the page. Obviously mm -hmm. it's a PDF. You have to scroll through the PDF. So that would be fine. But I really like, I don't know, like, um, loading artists. Are you familiar with that mm -mm. guy? Super awesome. Uh, he's fucking hilarious. He actually live streams on Twitch. I don't know if he still does, but he was when I was streaming and what he does, he's a really successful Patreon where he just posts comics every week. And then like on social media, he just posts the process of him doing it. And then, people support him, uh, like 5, 10, 20, 30. And then depending on that level of support, what he'll do is when he posts the comic to his own platform, he has like shout outs below the comic of every person who supported him. And he's oh, got, nice. Yeah, he's got tiers that have like, oh, these are the people who supported me for $10. So it just has their name. The people who supported from $20. I'm actually going to do a custom character of you. And he's like, and he actually does like a little gif which is really fucking cool of like oh, the them, animated. Yeah. Like oh, a little, like nice. little movement that's below and it's really cool. And people see that on his website and of course want to join him. So like, that's an example I think within comics 
that you can make some serious money just by producing your own content. You're obviously doing it on a more consistent basis. Pro weekly is always the most successful in terms of content distribution on a, an email channel, which is essentially what Patreon is. Um, and then people just want to support you. And then also what he'll do is like, if I have like a, another project, because as artists, we typically have more than one going on at a time. Um, they go ahead and they get access to like the monthly um, digital and download and they just get to see it. So that's kind of a cool way you can do it. Or if you just do a really long zine and then you just make it a little bit cheaper and then just offer it the PDF download on your website. Cause you have so much published content already and I'm sure you still got the InDesign file somewhere. Yeah. Um, and you can just go ahead and just, just reformat it for obviously digital downloads. Cause there's a few things you have to consider and a few things you can do. Right. So if you ever had a black and white piece, what if you had a color? Now that color printing, it would be an additional cost just to make it new again. Kind of like remastering old Disney movies kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then you could just go ahead and have a digital download PDF. And that'd be a really thing, easy thing that you could just do like right now. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. I hadn't thought about it. Girl. Excellent. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> you know that money? Money is so great. <laughs> I, I like it. <laughs> I want to be able to like buy a house eventually and a building actually I really want to buy a, a co-working space and make oh, it nice. like um free for college students oh see he likes my fucking co-working <laughs> idea I love it but yeah not to get in super detail about the building I want to buy but I just want it to be like a daily fee versus like a, a monthly commitment because as someone who goes to a co-working space I wish it was a daily fee because I definitely do not go as much as I should. Yeah. That yeah. Makes sense. And it would, I just want to be able to be more fair. Yeah. Pay for use. Practice. Exactly. And then I also plan on doing, um, oh, an idea that I don't think you're aware of, which I definitely want you to be a part of. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So not this year, but next year, I'm going to be focusing more on women of illustration and we're going to create a course series where we're going to do 60 to 90 minute workshops with a creator teaching mm -hmm. you how to do something in their style. So for you, that could be like how to do a comic book, a diary comic book or something like that. Yeah. Now, instead of it being like a Skillshare thing or a creative life thing where like you only get 20% of your own content, I'm going to switch it where you get 70% of the profit and I only get 30%. Nice. Because that's how it should be. <laughs> like I host the, And then also you can obviously have the course on your own platform if you want to. I don't, I don't own the exclusive rights or whatever. But I think the biggest difference will be, it won't be just be like, make me a course, bitch. It'll be <laughs> like, hey, I'm going to help you build this course. We're going to write the outline together. We're going to market it really well. So that way we're both in the line for success. Because I think that's such a great digital asset to provide for this, you know, amazing women of illustration community. And also it's a way to give back to artists so that way they're actually getting paid. Because I'm trying to like fulfill that slogan of like, be here to make art, get paid. Yeah. I just want to get to the get paid part <laughs> where I'm actually giving people money, especially now that I have beautiful volunteers that help me edit and write and all these things now that I wish I could give them gobs of money. But unfortunately, awesome. I can only give them coaching. So that's what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, do you want to do that? Do you think that's yes, cool? I am in. We're going to work. We're going to be cool. friends and we're going to work together on stuff. And I'm really excited about it. Yes. Awesome. Yes. All right. I'm trying to think, is there <laughs> anything else about publishing that we could possibly talk about? We talked about promotion. We discussed uh, printed versus digital, which I think is a conversation that does not get talked about enough. The idea of commissions, how to price. Um, 
And I think other than that, we really just mainly, mainly focus on subject matter just to make sure it's interesting enough that people actually want to buy it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I think one thing we uh, were talking about is like generating ideas. But I guess we kind of covered that in just talking about like real life and the drama and, you know, relatability and things like that. Yeah. I've been talking a lot lately as like a final note before we wrap up our three part series with Tatiana, um, that it's all about beta testing, right? Like how we're saying, like, hey, that promotional strategy, talk about it as you work on it. If you're talking about it and people aren't giving a shit, that's a red flag. <laughs> Right. Or just like when you're, you're posting things on social media and it's it's not getting a lot of likes. Keep in mind, yes, that, that that's not the best beta test because you can get a shit ton of likes, but that doesn't mean people are going to add to cart. So that's why I think things like, OK, if you've never published something before, go ahead and do a digital one. Cost no money. You get all the money. See how that goes. OK, it's successful. Then maybe turn it into a printed one. Or once you've done your printed version of your digital uh, comic book, maybe then you go ahead and print it on your own using a third party distributor, right? And then, you know, just baby steps. Just don't think that you need to have all your shit together the very first time you make something. I think that's what bottlenecks a lot of designers are like, oh, I want to have the letter pressed cover with the gold foil and I want to be full color and I want to be this many pages and it, they, they think bigger, like their eyes yeah. are bigger than their budget, <laughs> right? Yes. And you're going to fail because you're thinking too much about that presentation that's been instilled in you, that whole like quality, 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 quality in, in like school and online. But to me, it's the opposite. I actually think it's quantity. Like get your shit out there. And if people don't like it, fuck it. But then sell more of what works. You have more things to choose from if you worked on six projects in a year versus you were just so anal and in perfectionist mode that you only got two, two comics done. You yeah. know what I mean? That's where I really think the the good ideas come from because then you're training your creativity like a muscle. And when you're using that muscle a lot, it works in your favor. And you don't have to worry about burning out as much. And you don't have to worry about <sighs> like staring at a blank canvas for three weeks and not being able to come up with any good ideas. And obviously there's work-life balance and all the other stuff. I'm not saying be a robot, but I think it's just make a lot of shit, see what sticks. Yeah. Main thing. Makes sense. Yeah. Spaghetti on the wall. Yeah. Exactly. It's done. <laughs> that was a good one. I'm excited. All right. Hey. Let's wrap it up. Guys, okay. please. Please. Okay, please. Follow Tatiana on all of the things. Buy her fucking comics. Follow her on Instagram. Follow her on every other platform that she's a part of. Do you have anything that you want to do a big shout out or anything that you, you need some lo extra love on right now? Um, I'm like thinking through my projects. Um. Just, you know, yeah, check out my website, TatianaGill.com. And yeah, come Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. Yeah, buy, buy her blackout thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. I really want to see more of it. And, I, and I'm excited to, to debut a little bit more of it when I get, get some B-roll from you from this, these videos. Nice. All right, guys. Thank you so much for supporting Women's Illustration. And more importantly, supporting my freaking new best friend, Tatiana Gill. Yay! We're going to work on so many cool things. I'm so excited. Um, just keep on keeping on make a lot of shit. More importantly, <laughs> don't let anyone affect how you feel about yourself and your artwork. Be heard, no matter how much experience you have. All right. Most importantly, get those dollar bills. All right. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you later. Thank you. Bye. 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 <laughs>
Yes, episode was amazing. Tatiana Gill, you will be missed. As always, if you guys are digging this content, please subscribe to my channel. We have been officially monetized. That's right, if you saw an ad at the beginning of this episode, I could have gotten paid for that, a couple cents even. So you guys are definitely helping me out by hitting that subscribe button and the bell icon so you guys can go ahead and get notified of every single new video that we put out on this channel, whether or not it's for Women of Illustration or for my own educational content. Helping out artists like you make money! Yay, money! If you guys want to get a little bit more of that Women of Illustration love, join our community over at patreon.com slash womenofillustration. Hit that follow button and you get access to every new episode as it comes live. And if you want to go ahead and support female artists, definitely considering uh, giving us a dollar. Goes a long way in helping me pay for hosting and a little bit of my time doing all these amazing interviews for women everywhere to give more exposure to badass artists. All right, that's it. We're done. Bye, everybody. Thanks for watching. Mm. Love you.